Welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Brad Galloway. Brad is the editor of GameCritics.com. He's been playing and reviewing games for longer than most of my listeners have been alive, probably, if I had to guess. He's a huge uh, From Software fan. He's one of the few people I've had on this podcast that has been playing them since they started releasing games, essentially. Uh, there's a review up on Games Critics from 2002 from a, that's an original Kingsfield review that's kind of interesting and fascinating to read. Uh, and Brad has some strong opinions, some capital S, capital O, strong opinions about the Souls games. And it was an absolute delight finally getting to sit down with him and uh, talk about all of those opinions. So, without further ado, please enjoy this episode. I mean, they weren't from software. If memory serves, they were something else before that. I want to say they were like age tech or something like that. I don't know if that's correct or not. I could be misremembering. But I mean, I knew of them long before they did anything that was even remotely souls. I mean, they did a bunch of stuff that was released in America. Um, just one-offs and like weird things. And uh, I mean, I, I mean, I've played basically every game they've ever released in America. Wow. And okay. I could not tell you off the top of my head. Uh, what those were or in what order or anything like that. Cause it's, I mean, we're talking like decades now, sure. but uh, <laughs> I, I have put in my time with, uh, with those guys. Yes. Uh, you sent me over your review for uh, Kingsfield, um, which was written in 2002. And I was, uh, I don't know that I've ever actually seen a review of Kingsfield from that old. It's usually when I see stuff about Kingsfield, it's always retrospective stuff. Is that, was that just like you kind of being in tune with, with the game and what kind of, or with the company and wanting to, wanting to review it for the website or how did that come about? Oh yeah, dude, I was a Kingsfield fan from day one. Like I played, I think, I don't think there was like three Kingsfield games released in America, maybe two. Maybe three, but I played the very first one that was released, and I know that's not the real first one because of how it got ported to America. I mean, whatever. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Bottom line is, whatever the first American Kingsfield was, I was playing that one. I thought it was great, loved it, and then I just played every single one since then. So that was a review, I'm pretty sure, that at the time that it came out or shortly afterwards, like pretty much on the ground, reviewed it like any other game. So it wasn't like a our retrospective because I like souls or anything that was just, Hey, I like Kingsfield and I'm reviewing this game because that's the game that's out right now because I'm old. I've been at game critics for 19 years. So that's a pretty long time in terms of the internet. I mean, that's like the dinosaur age for, for stuff. And we've outlasted many, many, many other sites. Uh, so we've been around for a while. If you go to our archive, you'll find, I mean, like literally thousands of reviews in there going all the way back for the last basically 20 years. So, uh, I, I don't really like put us out there as like some kind of historical archive or anything, but you could go back and chances are you can uh, find some old school reviews written actually at the time. Yeah, it's uh, that was it was just really interesting to me to read uh, a perspective on Kingsfield as a as somebody as it was as, as a like a modern coming out game and uh, like you're the stuff that you were talking about, like how the exploration was working really well for you and, you know, having to, even though the controls were kind of iffy, like even back then, <laughs> like, and now I've tried, I've tried to play the Kingsfield games and it's really, really difficult to go back to them. As much as I love the, the music and as much as I love watching streams of them, I can't really play them myself too well just because of those controls. But it's, it's kind of fascinating about watching Kingsfield develop alongside Shadow Tower and then see how that eventually gets translated into Demon Souls. 
which to me is like not their first most successful game, but it seems like their their big break point, the, the, the time that everybody started paying attention to them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, you know, those controls were shit even back then, dude. Like, I mean, those controls were always <laughs> awful. Controls have never been FromSoft's uh, strong point. I mean, they, uh, God, I should have drank this cup of coffee like 20 minutes earlier because my brain is not firing. But they are also the ones that do Armored Core. That's that's correct, isn't it? Yep. They mm-hmm. must be. Yeah, they must be. And the controls in Armored Core were bonkers as well. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Armored Core. Uh, but the controls, you really had to put up with those. Same thing with Kingsfield. And I mean, I think the stuff that they're doing now with controls, I mean, they've definitely learned some lessons. Uh, but woo, you had to really, you had to really want to play those games back in the day because it was, it was tough. But the evolution is right. I mean, that's, that's really the thing in uh, my coverage of Demon Souls. I did review Demon Souls at Game Critics. And I don't remember the exact wording, but it was something like the fruition of a dream, like 10 years in the making. Because if you go back to the original Kingsfield game, I mean, Kingsfield is nothing but souls in first person or vice versa you know souls is nothing but third person kingsfield so it was really amazing to like play demon souls for the first time and be like oh my god this is just like kingsfield except for like it's better now because (laughs) i can see my character and i can see the whole world in a better way and it controls better and oh so like everything i loved about um the kingsfield series was still there still healthy and you could you could definitely trace the evolution that's very easy to see you know, the, all of these games have kind of a notoriety of about difficulty with them, um, specifically just the kind of inscrutableness of game mechanics and game systems, not to mention plot and lore are kind of hidden, uh, as, especially as a reviewer. Is it is it difficult to, you know, because, uh, you know, both Demon's Souls and Kingsfield, like I'm sure you were playing those either right before release or right on release where there was literally no information about them. Like you just didn't see anything about them. Is that difficult to tease out those story things and to be able to talk about them in a re- from a reviewer's perspective? Uh, yes, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so with Kingsfield, I mean, a much more rudimentary game, a much more basic game, very much focused on the mechanics. And my love of Kingsfield really echoes my love of Souls because I'm usually a person who plays them before release or right at release and something that i think a lot of people kind of lose sight of or something that just doesn't really get discussed a lot is that if you don't have a wiki or videos or vadi video to go to you don't understand jack fucking shit about this games and i will fight anyone to the death that tells me they get these games on the first time through it's bullshit it's not true and so um, I love I love these games for their mechanics. I do not love these games for their stories. I think the stories are terrible. I think they're told extremely poorly uh, from a critical sense and from a writing sense. I think they commit a lot of um, atrocities as far as getting a player in and getting them in the world. Now, I will I will say Demon Souls, I think, does an amazing job of that. That's pretty much for me the only one that works. I think Demon Souls starts off with a strong premise that's easily understood and the, the the highs that you hit and the, the parts that you play through in Demon Souls are enough to connect the dots. And the ending really ties together with the theme. Like, it makes sense if you've been paying attention. If you watch the opening cutscene and have seen the cutscenes that you will probably naturally find as you go through that game and then get to the end, you're not going to have, like, a complete understanding of it. But you'll be like, oh, yes, I understand what's going on. This makes sense to me. I got to where I was going, where I thought I was going to go. Great. And I love Demon Souls for that. I think that was the best the Soul stories have ever been. I don't think any of them are as good as that. Just full stop. Where does um, uh, if if you don't if you can remember because I know it's been quite some time. Where does Dark yeah. Souls kind of fail on that level as far as the story is concerned? In your opinion, I am just about to tell you that, sir. <laughs> uh, so when I played Dark Souls, I hated it, dude. I did not like it, and I still don't like it. It's probably my least favorite of all the Souls games. And I know a lot of people like 
you know, recoil in horror and start throwing rotten tomatoes at me and stuff. But like, I mean, keep in mind, I played that game pre-release and pre-release Dark Souls is something that most people have no fucking experience with whatsoever. And they don't understand what a hell journey that is. Like, it's so painful and so difficult to get through. Like if you, you know, when Dark Souls came out and I played it, it was like, number one, it was buggy, dude. Like it was buggy in my review, uh, which is at Game Critics. When I played that game, there was a between one and three second delay from when you hit the attack button to when the attack actually happened. And I'm sure that as someone who knows Souls and all the people listening, can you imagine playing fucking Dark Souls? And when you hit <laughs> and when you hit the attack button, you don't know no. if your attack is going to hit <laughs> one second later, two seconds later, or three seconds later. Does that game sound playable to you, Jeremy? N- not at all, no. I think a lot of people don't uh, really haven't looked into the patch logs for Dark Souls 1, 2, because... Uh, I, I, I've done that. Like, I, I, I am the kind of nerd that went back when I got really obsessed with souls and was curious about what they changed. And like the big thing, like curse stacked back in the day, so you could get down to eighth of health, yep. eight, a one eighth of health, and then boss killing bosses didn't drop near as the amount of souls or humanity, so you were much more starved for resources. And you know, trying to cure the curse if you did get cur- cur- if you did get cursed, you know, that was a trip to New Londo. There was no vendor in the aqueduct that sold curse stones back then. It was it was way more difficult than the the version that you play now in the, either the remaster or the patched you know console versions. Everything you said is something I suffered through playing this game pre-release. Uh, curse was fucking awful. I hated it because I fell in that stupid pit with those goddamn basilisks or whatever. And, like, I was the dude who had the eighth of a health trying to, like, struggle through the rest of the game, trying to figure out, what the fuck do I do? I don't know. No one knows. How are you playing that game with an eighth of a health and you don't know where to go or what to even do? It's ridiculous. And so there was no wikis, no videos, no breakdowns, no FAQ, like, nothing, dude. And so to try to play a buggy, seriously unbalanced game like that, uh, and just to go through and figure out, I mean, just, just to even know where to go was extremely painful and extremely difficult. So like, I, I, t- I talked to a lot of people who hold that game up as the best of the series and they love it and they love Souls and FromSoft is so genius and blah, blah, blah. Look, I love, I love Souls. Okay. I've played all the games. I love FromSoft. I've played all their fucking games, but like, it's okay to say something is not perfect. It's okay to say they made some mistakes and to play Dark Souls in a pre-release state is a fucking miserable experience. Like, I didn't understand anything about the story. I didn't know where to go, what to do. I wasn't clear about anything. Like, all the all the little secrets that people take for granted these days about, like, uh, like the Guinevere stuff, or, like, you know, just where to find items, or Ash Lake, or any of that shit. I didn't know any of that stuff. You don't know where that stuff is, and it's... The way that it's hidden in Dark Souls showcases the worst of FromSoft design because they've had bad habits like that going all the way back to the beginning. Like some of the stuff in Kingsfield was hidden so, so well. And uh, I mean, the one thing it had going for it in its favor was that at that time, games were much simpler. So basically, if you could just click on every wall, there was only so much space that the game could offer you. So eventually, by process of elimination, you would probably find the thing that you needed to find. Um, that's That wasn't exactly true in Dark Souls because there was way more places to go, a much deeper level of interaction, uh, way more variables to work with. And, like, I, it, it really gets under my skin, dude, when people, like, come to Dark Souls and are like, oh, it's so great, I love it, it's so wonderful. And, like, I'm not saying you can't love it. Like, I, I realize what's good about it. But, like, when you're coming to this game with all the resources of the entire internet plus all these years of, like, the fan base and everything available to help you play this game, and the remasters, and the rebalance, and the patches, and everything, like, 
that's a that's a much different experience than it was back in the day. I would challenge anybody to play one of these games with no help and see if they don't find a few places where FromSoft can maybe up their game a little bit. Like seriously. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to me because uh, I, I am one of those people. Dark Souls One was really my first big From Software game. It was the one that I fell in love with. Um, but you know, I played it several months after release, and I you know continued playing it. And by that time, Demon Souls had already come out and kind of established this this very niche community around Souls games. So you know, at the same time that I'm playing it, like Vadi is releasing his first videos. Uh, Peeve is out there on Twitch doing PvP videos. Like that whole thing is happening at that time. I had, you know, a something awful thread that was probably getting me 300 posts a day just of people just constantly asking questions and answering questions and things like that. Like you had this community around that, which I think for a lot of people, that's what they connect with these Souls games is having that, that sense of community around it. And if you pulled that back, like if I hadn't had those resources, I would have done the same thing that I did when I tried playing Demon Souls in like 2010, which was play it for 45 minutes and then put it down because I was so confused and overwhelmed. Uh, really having that level of community, I think. I think you're right. Like, I think that's. That, I think that's overlooked. And when you were talking about these Souls games, especially the early ones. Yeah, I mean, and it's. I'm not saying these games are bad. Like, I love these games, dude. Like, I. I have great affection for these games. I have great affection for FromSoft. But like, the the space that these games find themselves in these days, and the space that FromSoft is in, I feel like is a little disingenuous because I think they get too much of a pass because you have the entire internet supporting all of the weak parts of this game. You've got people who are willing to die to like, to protect the honor of these games, but it's like, dude, their games just like any other game. They can be critiqued. They can be improved. They can be better. There's some good choices. There's some bad choices. Um, you know, I don't agree with everything these games do. Like, I really don't like the way that they tell the story, because if you don't know that this NPC is going to be at this place that you passed three hours ago and go back there and talk to them, you're never going to know what happens in the story. It's impossible to figure those things out on your own, dude. Like, it's just, there's no way. And, I, you know, it's just really frustrating, like, and especially when I talk to people who hold up souls. I'm going to harp on this because it's a real sore spot for me. So please forgive me, all you Dark Souls fans. Um, but, like, the, the back half of the game is just really rough and unfinished. Like, it's pretty obvious that they did not have the resources and the time. And when people talk to me, like, oh, Dark Souls is perfect. It's the perfect game. It's the best game that's ever made. And I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> I mean, have I'm you, not saying it's... <laughs> have you seen Lost Isolate? <laughs> yeah, Lost Isolate. I mean, a lot. most of the back half is really rough and unfinished. And I just, like, I look at it, and I'm like, look, take your love of Souls just out of the picture for a second. I have that same love. I love it, too. I'm not trying to tear it down, but let's just be honest. Let's be real. Look at this from, like, a game design perspective. A lot of the back half is crap. It is just not done. The first half, really solid, interesting, intricate, like really well put together. Very good. Love it. Second half doesn't have the same quality. It's just a fact. It's okay to say it. And it really wigs me out when people like refuse to say anything bad about Souls or FromSoft or anybody. It's like, dude, it's it's okay. It's okay to love these things and also critique them a little bit. It's totally fine. Both things do not rule each other out. Reading your uh, your Dark Souls one review, which um, I believe was like not a response, not a response, but a um, second opinion. A second opinion. That's what I was looking for. Thank you. Um, it it was it was obvious like you didn't care for the game as much as you cared for for Demon Souls that came before it. You kind of outlined a lot of the issues that you're talking about now. Is is part of the did you get a lot of kickback from that from Souls fans? Like, did were a lot of people out there like ready to to to, to throw you to the fire because you, you dared not like a Miyazaki game? I mean, sort of. Uh, I think what happened was, like, there was a lot of people that didn't play Demon's Souls, and a lot of people got in on the game 
with Dark Souls. And I think that has a lot to do with why it's so loved. And, and that's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Again, if you love the game, totally fine. No skin off my nose. I'm not trying to tear anybody down. Uh, you know, like, like Gary Butterfield says, you know, if you love it, I'm not trying to take that away from you. I wouldn't do it if I could. I love that line. Thank you, Gary. Um, but like when people got in on Dark Souls, I know that a lot of people, that was their first experience. And so they fell in love with it because it was something that was new. They'd never experienced before. Totally cool. Like I get it. Like I get it. But like as somebody who had played all the FromSoft games, including all the Kingsfield games and Demon's Souls, like I had had a lot of experience with what these guys have been doing. And so I had a lot of of knowledge accumulated about how they work, what their philosophy was, what they'd done in the past. And, you know, I was totally ready to like pick this apart and say this was not their best work. But, but, you know, it just, it just, it, it got that zeitgeist going, right? Like this was the one, like people kind of woke up a little bit with Demon's Souls. We had the hardcore, hardcore fans and people who were kind of like in the inner circle celebrating that game, but it did not get picked up with a larger populace. And so once that critical mass built up and enough people got in on Dark Souls, that was, that became the favorite because it was a lot of people's first. There was a lot of information out by that time. And so, yeah, like people who were kind of like the Johnny Come Latelys to the Souls and to FromSoft, they had a lot of pushback for me. I mean, it wasn't that bad. Not as bad as we've gotten with some other games that are not Souls-related. I mean, we've gotten some pretty torrential hate mail because, uh, as a site, Game Critics is uh, pretty straightforward and we don't pull a lot of punches. So we we give bad reviews if we feel like a game deserves it. Um, but, but yeah, I got a lot of, of pushback from people who had had the experience of, oh, this was my first Souls game and I have 14 friends who got me into it and they've been playing with me every night or they've been working <laughs> me through it. And then I went to the wiki and I watched the entire story breakdown from Vadi. And so this is my, this is the stuff I've ingested before I even turned on the game. So of course this game is awesome. What, why don't you like it? Well, yeah, cause I played it in a completely different environment with a completely different set of circumstances. That's why I don't like it. And that's why you're not able to see the problems with it. But yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. I mean, we've had way worse pushback from other games. Has it? Uh, have you ever had the opportunity to to not play one of these for review or to not play them pre-release and play them kind of after the the buzz was there? So you had those resources. Um, Dark Souls three, I did not play immediately. I don't think because I was kind of over it by that point, and not only just Souls, but just like just the way like it's just too much, man. Like just everybody was doing that whole harder is better because dark souls did it and that is just 1000% not true and the whole we're not going to explain jack shit because dark souls didn't do it which is also not true but you know the way that it was just kind of getting carried away with itself a little bit too much and like i love souls i love fromsoft i support them all the way but like people just kind of like lost their perspective for a while and i by that time i was like okay i'm done with souls i'm tired of reading 15 souls articles a day i'm tired of everybody i know talking about souls all the fucking time like i love the games but like there can be a point when you hit too much and i i think by dark souls 3 i had hit too much and i was like i need to just i just don't want to play anymore and honestly i didn't know what else they were even going to do uh with the game um and to be fair to me uh, I think that ended up being true because I think Dark Souls 3 is pretty crappy. Like, I don't like it very much at all. I think it's probably the worst of the games, I think, is the one I like the least out of all of them. So I think I think FromSoft was getting sick of it, too. I, I imagine they probably wanted to move on to something else by that point. But uh, the money gods said no. So, yeah, it's it's not a great game. And I'm glad I kind of sat that one out, too. It's um it's hard to walk away from a a big a big do- <laughs> a big sack with a dollar sign on it when Namco puts it on totally. the table, I'm sure. Totally. Um but at the same time, I, I you know, I kind of wonder. There's they definitely leaned into that difficulty thing a lot, and I think you can even see this going back to Bloodborne. Like the some of the the later optional challenges in Bloodborne are, feel very much like Dark Souls Three. You have to be perfect for ten minutes straight kind of fights. 
And Ugh, miserable, I think that, miserable. I think that appeals to a lot of people, but I don't, you know, for for me as somebody who just really enjoys these worlds and enjoyed exploring, and it was it was eye opening when I. I got burnt out on Dark Souls 3 pretty quick. Like I, I wanted to mainline it for various podcast reasons because like these were my favorite series. Like I wanted I wanted to just to have all of it. And then, you know, a couple months later going back to a 360 copy of Dark Souls 1 and then hitting a boss and having like a chunk of health come off and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is this is satisfying. This is what I was looking for." Like I didn't want to chip damage a boss for 20 minutes to so I could feel a, like a sense of accomplishment. Uh that those seem way more balanced to me than the the later games ha- that have been, and uh, it actually kind of concerns me with Sekiro. I'm I'm kind of worried that they're going to lean into the difficulty on that stuff too, because I just I I don't know that they can pull away from that without you know estranging some of their some of their fans, some of their fan base now. Yeah, that's a really good point, dude, and that's something that I definitely I definitely agree with very much because I didn't ever really feel like dark souls or demon souls were like as hard as people were saying they were i mean they were difficult but i think a lot of the difficulty just came with like a lack of familiarity because they were asking players to do things that they weren't necessarily doing in other games and just that new approach in itself was like you know a learning curve so i mean yeah that makes sense but yeah it wasn't really that hard once you understood how the game worked i'm not saying that to be like you know like to be a dick waggler or to you know I'm not trying to give you shades of get good or anything here. I'm just saying that like once you understood the systems and once you understood like, you know, how to approach things, you mean, I mean, there was a lot of people when Demon Souls came out that were like running straight in and like attacking things, every single thing they saw right away. And, you know, that's a recipe to get you killed. And like, well, this game's really hard. Well, it is really hard until you realize that you need to maybe not rush into the middle of a mob or maybe hang back for a second and watch out for that ambush you know so like once you figured those things out the game the game definitely got a lot more manageable but i agree that that fromsoft really started um getting high on their own supply as it were because they it was like this like recursive loop of like oh we think people like the difficulty of our games when actually i don't th- really think that's what they like at all i mean a, a, a certain percentage do but i mean a certain percentage of people think that the filet of fish sandwich is the most delicious thing ever created by man. So you can't really like base your fan base on like, you know, like there's fans of everything. You know what I'm saying? Like you can, you can find anything miserable and there's like 25 people out there who love it. It doesn't matter what it is. So like, that's not a good metric to go by. So, you know, they, they, they really are starting to buy into the whole difficulty is all is what it's all about. Dark souls three, I felt like was really shitty in that respect. A lot of like uh, um, extended perfection, uh, like you said, and um, like the, the perfect example is like that whole running in the snow with the electric reindeer thing, like that whole oh, thing. Yeah, Dark Souls Two. Yeah, absolutely. No, that, that's in three. It's got to be in three. Uh, that, it, it was the there? DLC for for Dark Souls Two. Like you, dr- you take the coffin down, and you have to run through like the blinding snow and the like the the draft. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So by that point, by that point. Like that thing should never exist. Like that shouldn't be a thing. Any any developer worth their salt should look at that and go, "This is terrible. This is like us punishing our players. This is us trying to lose players." And yet, there's people that finish that. And like, I, yeah, by the time that they did some of that stuff, I was just like, "Man, this is not. Th- this is not what I like about Souls in any way, shape, or form." It took you know, Dark Souls three is like the fifth game in that franchise, not necessarily franchise, but in that series since they since they went third person with it. Um, obviously Dark Souls 1 was kind of rubbing you the wrong way. Uh, was it was it professional curiosity that kept you playing the games? Not to say, like, well, if you don't like it, you shouldn't play it or anything, because obviously <laughs> you, you love the series. But uh, I'm curious, with, with all of this kind of in the back of your mind, like going through Dark Souls 2, picking up Dark Souls 3, playing Bloodborne, was any of that 
like did you start the game and like oh man i hope i hope it's not like this again or like what was your your was your the kind of thought process in starting these games i mean i love them to begin with and so that love was there but i mean something i don't know it's like I, I like them mechanically. Like, I really like them mechanically. I think that, like, all the story side, like, I don't really care about the stories in these games at all. Uh, I don't care for the lore because I don't take the time to read all the item descriptions because I think that's really boring. I don't really use a wiki or walkthrough. So, like, I never am able to finish anybody's story because I never know where they're going to appear or, like, what little arcane thing I'm supposed to know to do to trigger the thing that happens six hours later. Like I never do those things because I don't think that any normal person would ever figure those things out. So I just play through normally, like whatever I come across, I come across whatever I figure out I figure out, but I just like the way they play. Like I just like the, the way they feel, uh, you know, the heft of the sword and the swinging and making sure that you're using the right stab when you're in a hallway. So you don't hit the, the wall and dodging and, you know, managing your weight, like doing a lot of the, the armor tinkering and the fashion souls. Like I just like them from a mechanical sense. So even though I definitely have my favorites, uh, as far as the series goes, I think just in general, like that, it's a cool playing game. It's a cool idea for a game. It's the way that it shakes down is really cool. So I just, if nothing else, I just like the way that they feel. Um, I mean, of course I still have problems. I get my frustrations and I think that there's places that the games can improve, but they also do a lot of cool things. And I think that, you know, I mean, uh, part of their their prestige right now is actually well-deserved because they did bring a new side, a new perspective to games that we were really lacking at the time that uh, this really got big. So I do I do thank them for that, and I credit them. And obviously that clicked with a lot of people. A lot of people really like these games um, mechanically as well as for the lore and stuff. But yeah, they just I just I just dig their style. I, I dig FromSoft in general. I just like their philosophy as a company. I mean, that's that's why I played like all their games for the history of them being in America. So <laughs> I probably would play every single FromSoft game just because. Um, but yeah, I just like the way they feel. It's one of those things where you you find a developer that you that you like and that you kind of trust to be weird, and then you just kind of want to experience whatever they're put on the table. Totally, like you never know, like you never know what they're going to do, and like once you kind of know how a person or not a person, but like a developer, once a company works, you can start to see themes recur in their work. And then you can kind of go back and be like, oh, this new thing, you guys actually were trying to polish it up three games ago. And now you brought it back. Okay, that's cool. I can see the connection that you made, or I can see the advancements that you guys had, or the new ideas that you had, or oh, this new version really iterates on something that was almost good, but not quite good. But now it's great, because you guys found the secret sauce for this. And so being able to follow um, developers like that as a, as a critic who's been in the game for like almost 20 years is pretty cool. I mean, I do that with other with other developers, too. There's Certain there's certain developers and certain uh, people within those development studios that I kind of try to follow sometimes. And it's just, you know, it's like you find a good author that you like and you read all their books because you like what they do or the same. You like a, a musician, you buy all their albums because you just like the way they sound. So, yeah. And it, it takes a long time. Like, I, I've had to learn that lesson myself. Like when I was 12 and 13, like the my favorite author was Stephen King. Right. Like that was I just my mom was reading them. I was I grew up reading them. And it took me years and years and years to realize, like, some of this kind of reads like fanfic, Steve. <laughs> like maybe you should dial this down a lot. <laughs> and I feel like Dark Souls 3 was the first time. Um, I mean, obviously, we saw this with Bonfire Side Chat, but uh a lot of people started having that that kind of soul's fatigue of like, oh, this feels like the same thing. Like you're not really trying anything new. And I think that was the time when people started looking around and going like, man, what what else could they do? You know, if they if they weren't doing this, what else could they could they do? Because, I mean, I know for, for myself, I had fun playing Dark Souls three. I think it's probably one of the best playing games in the entire series outside of maybe Bloodborne. But it's 
it was just, it's by the end of it, I was just so burnt out and I've never really returned to it again. Like I, I put like one and a half playthroughs in, I never got into the PVP stuff as much as I had with the previous games. And I just put it down because I was just, I think I was just done. Like I just didn't want any more. And I wonder, I really wonder how much, like it's, it's hard to say that a game harmed a franchise or harmed a studio when it's, you know, 5 million copies sold or whatever. <laughs> like I'm sure that they can't look at it that way, but I wonder how many people look at Sekiro and go like, no, I'm, I'm going to give this one a pass when I, you know, you guys have been making the same kind of stuff as much as they've c- tried to get out and say like, Sekiro is not a Souls game. It's not a Souls game. Promise me, promise you, it's not a Souls game. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, as someone who's played all their games, like this was this was the MO for FromSoft like since the beginning of time. I mean, they would find something that worked and then they would iterate it into the ground until people were thoroughly fucking sick of it. Like that's just how they work. And uh, I mean, not nothing against them, because, I mean, if you find something that works and it's bringing you in money, why wouldn't you do that? Right. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, that was exactly the story with Armored Core. Like, I don't know how many of your listeners have played Armored Core, but like I loved Armored Core so much back in the day. Loved it. I mean problems with it it's not perfect but like so many of the ideas so much of like what was in those games was just fucking awesome and i love the first armored core was like a revelation to me i'm like this is amazing i love this game this is so great whoever made this is a fucking genius i'm gonna buy all their games and then they proceeded to make like 16 more and they were like all basically the same and they never really did any significant improvements they did tweaks here and there but like the series remained cryptic i mean you want cryptic ass storytelling you play a fucking armored core game you don't know nothing about nothing that's going on in those games like <laughs> makes the Souls series seem like they're just like screaming their story from the rooftops in comparison um but like the mechanics and stuff like they just didn't fix things and didn't push things far enough and that series burned itself the hell out and i think that they were definitely on track um with souls as well uh, i think they showed more restraint since there's not 16 sequels and the games, I think, I think you're correct in saying that Dark Souls Three is a very good game in a mechanical sense. Like I would agree with that. I think that in general, the mechanics, how your character controls, the options you have are good. But yeah, I mean that's just their mo. That's just how they work. And so I'm not surprised to see that they were they were really on track to just to, to kill Souls. I do think that it is possible for a game to kill a series. There can be too much of a good thing. There can be you know, just burnout, just like you said, just real burnout of the same thing over and over and over. Like once you have something that's wonderful, you don't want to kill it. And I mean, I'm glad that they're doing Sekiro, although to be perfectly honest with you, I wish they were going to do something even further afield. Uh, I was really hoping they were going to take just a hard left jag and just do something, you know, they must be sleeping on piles of souls money these days. So they could just take it, you know, they could afford to have a whiff or at least a smaller success. Right. And just try something new. Um, I mean, my money was totally on. Oh, my God, please bring back Armored Core, because with the modern technology now, perfect time, like online wasn't really a thing back then. The mechanics, the power of the consoles. I mean, everything that we've got going for us with modern gaming right now seems perfectly primed for an Armored Core uh, resurgence. And I think a lot of people would fucking get into that, especially now that like anime is more popular and, you know, it's more common to see like regular people buying like Gundams and stuff, Uh, you know, like it's not as as niche as it used to be. So that's where I was hoping they were going to go. Sekiro looks cool. I'll definitely play it. Uh, But I do hope that they don't lean into the, the difficulty thing. I hope they make it interesting to play. And uh, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I'll give him a shot. I'll give him a shot. But I do kind of I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I'm, I'm a little bit tired of the samurai thing. I think we're having samurai overload. 
uh, Samurai Slash Ninja Overload right now with a bunch <laughs> of games that are coming out. It's just yeah. too many, too many all at once, you know. And to be perfectly frank with you, dude, I played um, Neo. Did you did you play Neo by the chance? I played. Games? I played. I had Neo was a victim of um, just coming out at the wrong time for me. It came out right around the same time that Near Automata did, and Near just like possessed my soul for a couple of months. And then when I went back to Neo, some other stuff had come out, and I just I just haven't made time for it in my schedule. So I played like right up to the first. Um, the first monster, the first Yoni, I think they're called, and sure, uh, sure, sure. W- was digging it, and uh, but was not really hadn't quite grasped the controls yet. In fact, I streamed that it was like a two or three hour stream thing, and had a really good time, and just never went back to it afterwards. Oh, okay, I thought I thought Neo was great. I really loved it a lot. It was Souls ish, but it was different enough to not trigger the the feelings of burnout, and I think that was a really fun thing. So. That's good, but I, I'm like, I'm good on samurai stuff now. Like, I don't want to play any samurai stuff for like a year, but now we have Sekiro, we have Ghost of Tsushima, we have Neo 2, and I think there's like one or two other games that are coming out all within the same general time period. So I'm like, oh no, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I might play one of these and I'm probably not going to want to play the rest, but we'll see. I mean, but I will, I'll definitely try Sekiro for sure. Yeah, I think one of my big concerns with Sekiro is number one, like samurai stuff has never been a huge thing for me. Like I wasn't that kid that collected swords growing up. Um I can appreciate it and I can dig it. I just, I just never got like way into it. Like I saw some of my friends do. And now we, you know, this game is going to be a single protagonist, like a named protagonist. Like you can't change their gender. You can't, it doesn't really seem like you can, there's a fashion souls component to it. So, you know, and those are kind of things that I, I, I go with, uh, the kind of things that I'm drawn to, excuse me, uh, with 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 the Souls game. So I'm looking at this like it's Tenchu, and I kind of didn't like Tenchu back in the day, right? Like I just, I was, it was fine, and it, you know, I I remember trying to play it and kind of being put off on it, and I, I'm kind of worried the same thing's going to happen here. Even though I say kind of worried, like it's going to be some big dramatic thing, but at the end of the day, oh thank God I don't have to play another sixty hour game, so I can play some more sixty hour games that I have in my schedule. So. Yeah, well, I mean, regardless of how it shakes down, I'm glad they're doing something else because I was really nervous they were going to just do more Souls. And I feel like Souls just needs to take a break for a while. Like, it needs to just rest, it needs to recuperate, it really needs to take a hard look at itself. And just, you know, if there was another Souls game in 10 years or something, I would celebrate it. But, like, I think they're good on that for now. So I'm glad they're doing something else. And, I mean, in terms of, like, the human cost and burnout for the developers, they must be sick of making these games, dude. They must be really fucking sick of it, like... How much, how much harder can we hide the story? How many more, you know, overpowered bosses can we make? How many more suits of armor do we have to render? Like, ah, you know, they must be tired of this shit. Like, they're people. It's not like this, this stuff appears out of the ether, you know? There's no portal to the actual, you know, Drang Lake somewhere where the stuff comes through and we just, like, have this magical game. I feel bad for those people. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad they get to do something else. Yeah, it was nice seeing them come out with something like uh, Darius and A this year, which is, you know, has a very FromSoft feel to it, but feels like something that they haven't really made in a long time. And it's, it's as much as I think that it really benefits from the, the VR experience, I can't help but think that it was limited. Like I've, I wish more people had experienced that game because it's such a, it's such a breath of fresh air from, from after dark souls three and after all of these other games that we've been playing from them to still have that kind of sense of weirdness, but still that sense of exploration and weird characterization. Did you, you don't have a PSVR, right? Am I, am I right in thinking that? Yeah, I'm not really on the VR train right now. My son is really, really pulling hard to get me on board, and I'm just like, mm, I don't know. I mean, I've tried various sets. I've tried a few games here and there. It's not like I'm like anti-VR, but I just haven't really been convinced. Uh, and I just don't think that that really fits with the way I play games because we're really super social in my house. We play games together. Everybody's in the same room, and I can't imagine being in a helmet kind of separated from everybody else in my off, my own little world. That doesn't 
seem like a good fit for me right now. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm interested. I would have liked to have played it. And I, you know, I don't know if it's possible that that experience uh, could have been translated to a flat experience. Um, I know that some games can, some games can't. Uh, I would have tried it. Uh, it does definitely seem to really call back to a lot of their earlier work. And so it wasn't entirely unfamiliar to me. It was kind of like something something old coming back again. Uh, but yeah, maybe maybe someday I'll get to it. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, it, it's just it's just weird enough that I'm, I'm I'm kind of into it. I haven't finished it yet. I got about halfway, and it's exactly for the reason that you just described. Like I, the way that I play video games is is just the way that I relax. And so pulling out a headset and like strapping myself into a chair, I have three dogs in the room with me generally at all times. So like you know being blind to the room is a little weird. And I, you know it's it's just a lot. It's a lot to get into for me to play VR. So it's 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 much more difficult project. System. Same, same. I mean, yeah. we. My house looks like an internet cafe, so it's like we have multiple TVs and multiple systems because everybody in my family is a gamer, and so we like to play together. My wife's on like one end of the room, my son's on the other end, I'm on another end, and we're all playing. You know, sometimes we play together, uh, sometimes not, but like we're all in the same room, so I can easily look over my shoulder and see what my son is playing, and he can see what I'm playing, and like he'll ask me questions, or maybe we'll look at what my wife's playing, and we'll talk about it, and. Or, you know, he'll be like, oh, look, check this out. Look, look, look. And then, like, we'll look over and he'll do something cool. I'm like, all right, right on. You know, like, it's very family-centered. It's very, like, communicative. It's very social. Um, I just I just really can't imagine us doing VR and having that be an okay thing. I mean, unless, like, we all three had VR helmets and we were all in the same game. Like, maybe. But if I'm not going to buy one helmet, I'm damn sure not going to buy three. And I, <laughs> I don't know what we'd even play. <laughs> maybe another five or ten years, maybe that'll be the norm. But right now... It just feels like a place I just, I, it just doesn't fit in my life right now. I mean, not only space wise, but yeah, it just, just the way that my family works, I just, it would be really kind of uh, separate us out from each other. And I don't want that. Do you have any souls experiences with your family involved? Like does your son or your wife watch you play these games and get into them or do they play them themselves? Uh, my, both of my sons, I have two sons. Uh, both of them have dipped in a little bit and played. My youngest played quite a bit of Demon's, or, I'm sorry, Dark Souls 2. He liked that a lot. I mean, he's nine, so he didn't finish the game or anything, but he spent a long time in the, the Forest of Giants or whatever, killing those uh, those undead that are there. And he just had a good time doing that. He liked doing the Fashion Souls as well. Uh, my oldest played Dark Souls for a little while, but kind of bounced off of like how unfriendly it was and just how rough it was. Uh, but my wife uh, has played... I think all of the Souls games and she's finished all of them. Uh, she will watch each other. Like it's, it's fun for me to watch her and her to watch me, but she is a pretty badass gamer herself. Uh, she has always been was, was even before we met. And this is right in her wheelhouse. She likes action games. She likes real time games. Um, she really loves platformers too, but you know, not many of those these days, but yeah, she's gone through, Oh, you know, actually, no, that's not true. She's played everything except for Dark Souls because that was the one that was unavailable to her for a while because it did it wasn't on. Um, she didn't have a 360 for a while because she gave it to our son, so there was nothing that she could play it on. And I didn't want her to play it on 360 anyway because it was just so shitty to get through, like you know, um, Blight Town and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, you're not gonna like it. Um, so I I knew that there was going to be uh, a remaster someday, and that proved to be true. And she's just really busy. She started a new job and she has a lot on her plate right now. So I think that she will eventually play it, but that's on pause. But she's finished Bloodborne. She finished Dark Souls 2. She finished Dark Souls 3. She finished Demon Souls. Uh, so she's she's in it, man. She can hang for sure. Have y'all played these games together or, or do you really get into like the online aspect of, of these games? Like doing either, either co-op or the PvP invasion stuff? 
Uh, PvP can go fuck itself. I can't stand <laughs> PvP. I, I just, just I'm not drinking that... a glass or wa- drinking a sip of water when you said that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean seriously, like it can it can full on fuck itself because I just you have to be a certain kind of person to really succeed at PvP, and I'm not that person. Like I'm not going to spend hours and hours and hours grinding. Uh, I just don't enjoy it. I've tried it a few times. I get my ass handed to me on a plate, and it's just not fun to just get whooped over and over and over by people who just don't have anything to do but, like, level up their guy and get the the exact perfect PvP build. And just, like, it's just it's awful and terrible, and I hate it. I don't like it at all. I do like co-op, but co-op has been really problematic over the history of the series, and I don't think that we ever really did much of it until... God, I mean, maybe like the tail end of Dark Souls 2. I, If I'm not misremembering, I think I was helping my wife out a little bit with that just for funsies. I think we might have done a little bit of 3. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did some in 3, but not much. I mean, that's really been one of my gripes about the Soul series in general. Is like they made it way too hard to meet up with your friends. And I know why they did it, yada, yada, yada. But like, I think that what was gained by making it difficult to meet somebody that you know and not being able to chat with them was the thing that they lost was like making it playable, making it approachable. The games are still fun when you play with people, you know, and that air of mystery and that whole like feeling of isolation and stuff. I mean, it's, it's fine. It's fine. But like, it it just, it wasn't a thing anymore. Like after the second or third souls game, nobody cared about that anymore. Like it was like, everybody wanted to play with their friends or at least everybody that I talked to did. And I, I know they made it easier as the series went on, but I think that was really one of the biggest mistakes souls made was like not making approachable multiplayer easier earlier it's wild to think that on the 360 version of that game if you were in a party chat and you started playing dark souls it would literally kick you out of the party chat like the fact that microsoft ever allowed that i thought was kind of bonkers like not to even give you any kind of like you would it would just kick you out of your chat with your friends because you started up a specific game and i always always that always kind of blew me away and i'm, I'm with you like i get it <clears throat> i think demon soul specifically benefited from that era totally, mystery totally. and like that okay this person can summon in dark souls did too to, to a degree like you would summon in a stranger and they had weird clothes and you're like where did you get that sword and like you couldn't communicate with anybody but through these strange gestures um but it's by the time like two and three rolled around and bloodborne rolled around like they finally just gave up and gave us a password system like they patched in a password system into bloodborne that showed up in dark souls three that ignored soul level and everything you could just summon and even that still had problems with people like people still had problems connecting to one another with that and that's kind of frustrating i'm kind of with you like it just you just kind of need a way to group up in these games and i think that there's a lost opportunity there for fun multiplayer experiences I've, gary talked about this on bonfire side chat a long time ago and i've always been I've always been a big PvP guy. Like that's kind of how this game. I've really bonded with the PvP stuff in Dark Souls One, and but I always wanted more. Like I always thought it could be way more fun. Like let me group up with my friends. Let's do team battles. Like not not even thinking that I was trying to invent third person Overwatch way back in the day with Dark Souls mechanics, <laughs> which is what what I think now. You're ahead like, of oh. your time, man. You're ahead of your time. <laughs> yeah, Blizzard, hire me, please. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I wish I wish they did more with that with that kind of stuff. And uh, like even in the Chalice Dungeons and Bloodborne, which I remember uh, an E3 before that game came out where they were going hard in the paint, describing it as a, as a co-op experience and you're going to play with your friends. 
I don't know if you've ever tried to group up with people in the Chalice Dungeons. When it was first released, it was almost impossible. Uh, when the yeah, DLC, it's miserable, dude. It's, it's totally miserable. Yeah, like it's you both had to be on the same layer. You both had to create the same dungeon. You, one person had to make it public. The other person maybe had to use a glyph that didn't make any sense. It was just totally inscrutable and in a way that... Like, did you not learn any lessons from all of your weird-ass systems in the previous three games? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Well, it's strange because, you know, um, they often talk about part of the appeal of Souls is, like, the community. Like, exchanging secrets with a friend, going online and talking to people, sharing that experience. But why, it's never made sense to me why it's okay to do it on a message board, but not to do it in the fucking game. Like, bring a friend along. Like, you know, playing as a guide to someone. It's really fun. Like the the people that you, you go with learn what you have learned. You get to feel good because you share this knowledge that you worked hard to get. You can like cooperate together. It's just fun, straight up fun to play these games together. Like I just think I think they really like again, they kind of went up their own ass. I mean, in terms of difficulty and also in terms of this whole like isolation and keeping things cryptic and unapproachable. I think they really it started well. Like I think Demon Souls is great and I love that that is the way it is. And I don't want those systems to go away. Like I think you should always be able to summon a stranger. I think that's that's awesome. Like I like that system a lot. But in addition to I would have totally played all these games with my wife, like all the way through if it was possible, if it wasn't such a pain in the ass to like group up with somebody. And I just I just think they really missed the boat on that. Like they just really misunderstood what it was people like and what allowances they were wanting to make for some some aspects and not in others. Yeah, I don't know. I mean that's another part where i really hold up souls as being like really like wrongheaded in some ways are you uh are you on board like they're the rumors are that they're they're still they still have an armor core in development like are you would you still get excited about an armored core right now if, they, if that happens? oh yeah absolutely absolutely dude because i mean that's a that's a a game that really deserves to come back i think that a lot of people would really get into it like i said earlier like you know with the modern infrastructure for pvp I could easily see people just like diving into that PVP zone and just going crazy. Uh, and just like the way that you build, you know, mechs. I don't know if people are listening or familiar with Armored Core, but basically it's like a game where you build your own mech suit and there's like a jillion parts. There's all sorts of arms and legs and heads and backpacks and guns and swords and all this stuff. And you have to manage like the weight of your mech. So like if it's too heavy, you know, again, like the system of encumbrance uh, that's in Souls, very similar to what's in Armored Core. Uh, and you know, your different, your loadouts and all this stuff, the way you spec for PVP versus how you spec for like, uh, PVE again, also another parallel with souls and stuff. So, I mean, I think that modern consoles would really be great, but I need them. I need them to understand they need to like make some concessions. Like you got to make it easy to play with your friends. You have to update your controls. You have to really understand. Like, take a look at other games that are out there these days. Like, it's don't be in a silo, you know? Like, don't buy into your own your own legend. Like, look around, be humble, learn some lessons from other people, and then do what you do best. And what you'll do is better because you will take the lessons that other people have learned. Like, don't try to reinvent the wheel all the time. But if they announced one, if they announced a new Armored Core like today, I would literally drive down to GameStop and put down a full $60 to pre-order it. I would, I would get jump on Amazon. I would get the big, the big box that comes with like an actual mech suit and all that stuff. Like the thousand dollar box. I'd be like, yes, I'm, I'm getting that. I would be excited. Yes. And hopefully it won't be VR only. Hopefully there'll be a, like a, if there's VR associated, it'd be like VR. Oh, like, dude, <laughs> that would make me so sad. That would make me so sad because God, honestly, I don't know if I would even want, I don't think I would even want to play that in VR, dude. I don't think so. I, who knows? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Talking out of turn here, but we'll see. This, that happened to me recently when uh, they announced um, Marvel versus, not Marvel versus, uh, Ultimate Alliance. 
like number three or whatever, like those kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. action RPG Marvel games. And uh, they were like Switch exclusive. And it was before I had a Switch and I had no plans on buying a Switch. And I was like, well, that sucks. Like, I don't, I'm just never going to get to play that game. And was fortunate enough to get a Switch for Christmas. So now I'm like super excited to jump in that and, and do stuff with it when it comes out. But yeah, same exact thing of like when you see something and it's it's exactly what you want, except it's you just are just not in the way that you want to experience it. So Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, you know, I mean, I guess we should be grateful we're getting a new Marvel Ultimate Alliance because I love those games back in the day, dude. And I do have a Switch. So that's great. But yeah, mm-hmm. getting getting something that you like. It's like that monkey's paw thing, you know, like, oh, please bring my wife back. Oh, wait, no, don't bring my wife back. You know, that kind of a <laughs> not like yeah. this, not like this, yeah, like this. <laughs> Not like this. <laughs> Not what I meant. For sure. For sure. Over the years, do you think that uh, these games, either playing them or um, you know, experiencing the community around them, have either changed you as a person or you as a person who reviews games or plays games or experiences games at all? Um, no, not really. I think uh, I think I've been doing this for a long time. And seeing FromSoft grow from its humble beginnings to what it is now, I mean, I, I no, I mean, honestly, I don't think so because uh, I, I review a Souls game the way that I review any other game. Like, I don't give it any special allowances, and I don't, uh, you know, cut it any slack that I wouldn't give any other game. Uh, I'm not extra hard on it either, but I, you know, I just treat it like anything else. And I mean, at this point, I've probably reviewed more, like, like well over like a thousand games. And that's not including games that I've just played for fun or games that I've started and didn't like. Um, so, I mean, spending so much time in it, I just, you know, it's just another thing that I play and I really enjoy it and I like it. Um, I think it's it's been nice to see it have such an influence, but then it also became like, it's like that thing where it's like, you know, you're the hero, but then you live long enough, every hero becomes a villain. Like, I think that's kind of where Dark Souls is at right now, where it's like it, it started out as being a hero, bringing a brand new kind of gameplay to to people but then it went on and on and it became too big. And now I think it's like the villain where it's like ruining other genres and people are learning the wrong lessons and it's turning games development kind of sour. Like I've played a lot of like souls likes recently or games that are obviously inspired by souls and like not very many of them are improved by what they take from it. So it's interesting to see that uh, and, and, and kind of like being critical of that aspect, but in general, no, I mean, I, I like, I like the games. I like a lot of games. I play a lot of games. I review a lot of games. I can't say that souls has had a special, impact on me or has changed me as a person or anything i get irritated when i read souls articles now because i'm tired of talking about it that's about the only thing it's uh i was talking about this with a friend of mine the other day like in in 2011 2012 i was so excited to see the world's words dark souls and just about any article on the internet because it was just like more of the thing that i love and now every time i see the words dark souls and in any i just start automatically start rolling my eyes i'm like i don't i don't need to hear your opinion about this i just don't please stop don't tweet about dark souls anymore <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's just too much of a good thing, man. Like there's enough is enough. It's wonderful. We love it. We celebrated it. And then but there's other things, you know, let's move on a little bit. Like, I don't think we need to get mired in this particular zone for for as long as we have. I'm I'm happy to keep those memories and celebrate those games for what they were. But I'm also happy to have other experiences and to move on and to see other design influences and to see people, you know, get inspired by other things that are not Dark Souls. I think it's okay to have other other avenues to explore. But before we we get out of here and uh, and calling into this podcast, I'm curious. You mentioned playing some Souls likes recently. Are there any ones that stick out to you on being the most true to that formula, or at least the most the one that adapted it the best and you had the most fun with? 
Um, well, I mentioned Neo. I think that one is probably one of the most successful because it's obviously inspired by Souls, but it gets far enough away from Souls that it doesn't feel like it's just a straight up like copy. Like it changes enough of the mechanics, the flavor and the pace is a different enough. I think that was really successful and a good and a good game unto itself. I think that's probably Team Ninja's best game ever. Um, and Ninja Gaiden fans can can at me on Twitter if you want to, but I will I will say that <laughs> Neo Neo is their best game ever. Um, I do think that. Hollow Knight probably follows in the footsteps of Souls, probably most faithfully and most successfully. I really enjoyed Hollow Knight, despite not liking the things that Souls does. I think they it does it well, and I, I, I recognize that the things I don't like are choices that, that Team Cherry actually made. Those guys are some skilled-ass motherfuckers over there. Team Cherry is ridiculous. I don't know if that was their first game ever. I think it was, but boy, those guys those guys got some skills, and that skills with a Z at the end of it. Um but I'm, I'm very yeah, excited I mean, to go back to Hollow Knight. Um, I got it and Immortal Unchained right around the same time, and Unchained kind of took me in and just and just <clears> grabbed <throat> me in a way that Hollow Knight didn't quite do. And uh, now that I've got the Switch, I'm thinking like Hollow Knight on the Switch might be the the perfect way to play that game. Like as you know, my wife is watching something on TV or something. But uh, Hollow Knight is definitely one that I want to get back to because so many people talk so much sugar about it. I I did play it on the Switch. I think it's a perfect fit for the Switch. I really enjoyed it there. It has problems. It has the same problems that Souls has. And it's clear that the people who... I mean, in fact, it's kind of funny because I think Hollow Knight is one of the games that takes a lot from Souls and does it successfully in that they understand what they're doing and how to implement those things. But I still don't like it in Hollow Knight and I don't like it in Souls, but I think it's well done. Uh, I did really like Hollow Knight quite a bit, though. Um, So I think I would probably hold up like those two as the best examples of what has come from the legacy of souls, but there's a whole lot of like bad ones out there. A lot of people that just really don't understand it or understand the surface of it, but don't get what makes games really good. So I, those two are my favorites. I think any, uh, any last thoughts about the series or is, or from um, software or anything, or do you feel like you got everything off your chest? I mean, we talked about a lot. I ranted a lot. I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of emails after the show. I'm sorry to bring you all this grief that's about to drop on your head for having this like <laughs> hater on your show. Not at all. This salty ass, happen. crusty hater. This old dude that hates all games and hates fun. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I'm, I'm really glad we had this chance to talk about it. I think the Souls games, despite all the complaining I did, I think they are wonderful. I mean, I think they are great. I think they are deserving of the accolades and the prestige that they got. Um, I'm really, really glad that the gaming community in general was exposed to them. And I think that just having them as an experience has been really, has been really wonderful. I mean, I think that uh, they still rank really highly with me um, historically, even though like at this exact moment, I'm kind of sick of them. But I think in general, like in the larger scope of being a reviewer, of being a game player, of just being a dude on the Internet, like I really do like these games a lot and I do cherish what they bring. Um and, I, you know, honestly, I, I will say that playing Demon Souls is probably one of my favorite experiences of all time. Going into Demon Souls uh, clean with no information, no wikis, nothing. Just playing through that. Really, really wonderful um, because the premise was strong. Playing through it, the dots I was able to connect really connected well. And I, I will hold up the ending to Demon Souls, either ending to Demon Souls, as probably one of the strongest endings of, like, any video game of all time. I think it's so perfect because it ties into the theme it makes sense as a player it's so different it's so unexpected and yet it totally makes sense when you finally get there and it's just so beautiful like in fact the whole like last kind of run when you're kind of like going through the very last few scenes that's just wonderful wonderful brilliant visionary stuff i i love demon souls i don't know that it's my favorite because i have quite a lot of love for dark souls too um because i think dark souls who plays better and I think it's a, a better designed game in some ways. But the story, 
the themes, the mood, the tone, and especially that ending. That ending is fucking baller, <laughs> dude. I love, I love how it all comes together. So like, I will always cherish that. Like, that's one of my favorite game moments or game memories of all time. And that, that will never diminish. Like Demon Souls is, has always got a place in my heart. So I'm glad I got a chance to talk about that. And, uh, yes, other than that, I think we're good. I think I have dumped all my souls garbage on top of you and all your listeners. Sorry, folks. Sorry for putting up with me, but thanks for listening. As, as an industry insider, can you tell us when the Demon Souls remaster for PS4 is coming out? <laughs> I would tell you, but then it would have to immediately kill you. Oh, damn. Okay. Well, we, I got more podcasts to record, so we can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Finish those up first and get back to me. <laughs> Brad, thank you so much for coming on the cast, and I, I really appreciate you spending the time with me this afternoon. This was this has been really great. Uh, I, I know you think that you maybe ran it a whole lot, or you know, to be, or you're going to get some hate mail, but I promise you, it's not going to happen. People are going to really enjoy this one. I think. Uh, tell everyone where you can be found on the internet. Give us all your links. All my links, all my links. Well, first, thank you very much for having me on. I know we were trying to make this happen for a long time, and I know that I'm like super, super busy. So I'm sorry it took me so long to finally be on your show. This has been a joy and a pleasure, and you're a great guy, and it's nice to be able to podcast with you because i feel like i we are already friends and we kind of are but not really because it's that weird internet where you absorb people's like persona just by being around so i'm glad that we finally got a chance to talk in person i hope this will not be the last time uh but as far where people can find me uh, i am the editor of gamecritics.com so you can come there and i do post reviews not as many as i used to because being an editor keeps me super busy but i do post reviews there uh you can catch me on twitter it's B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. I'm also on Instagram there, although I'm not super heavy on Instagram. I just do it kind of once in a while, pretty sporadic, but you can catch me there too. And of course, I am one half of the So Video Games podcast, which I co-host with my wonderful, wonderful uh, host, Corey Motley. Love that guy for Infinity. I'm so glad to have him as a co-host. So if you want more from me, didn't get enough of this time, uh, there's there's plenty more of me uh, other <laughs> in other places on the internet. So come over to the uh, So Video Games podcast, which is Hosted at GameCritics.com. Just go over to the podcast tab, and I think we're up to 116 episodes we do weekly, so come on over and give a listen if you like. Wow, that's so many episodes. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, it's weird because when we were doing the original Game Critics podcast, it took us like five or six years to hit about 100 episodes because everybody was so busy, and like it was like herding cats to get everybody in the same room, but... With 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 my schedule and Corey's schedule, it just kind of works. And the way we do it, I mean, doing weekly has been amazing. I love doing a weekly show. So hopefully other people love it too. Give us a try if you are so inclined. Absolutely. Uh, go, go check out all of that stuff. It's been a, I, I can I can attest. You mentioned that we're kind of internet buds, and I feel like this is the first time we actually got a chance to talk and like cement that friendship. So, I'm, yeah, everyone go check out all of Brad's stuff. Game Critics is a great site. I've had friends that wrote for the site every once in a while, so it's it's been it's been cool, kind of just watching them write stuff and watching you guys do your work. So good job. All right on. Well, thanks again for having me on. As always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast at don'tgiveupskeleton.com. That has links to all of the social media links that you could possibly want. Also has links to all of the previous episodes. If you just want to listen to them over and over and over again and boost my stats, that would make me feel real good. <laughs> if it also has links to a merch page, if you want to put a skelly on your belly, that's the place to go, uh, as well as Patreon and Apple Podcast Reviews and all of that stuff. So thank you very much for the support that I've seen. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. It's very much appreciated. We'll be back next week with another great guest. And until then, remember, don't give up skeleton. And we're good.